Hi, welcome to the PDYC podcast. The purpose-driven youth chapel of Calvary Baptist Church at Oraka is a youth ministry for young adults and the young at heart. Our mission is to exalt God in worship and raise exceptional leaders for the next generation. Join us as we dive into today's message and I know you'd be blessed. Now, listen to today's message. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Press on to victory. Hallelujah. I want us to receive our campus pastor at the back. Let's clap. Let's clap for... If I hear so that he's checking up on us. Oh, let's do it better. Let's do it better. Hallelujah. And our pastor is here, Pastor Felix. So let's clap for him. Amen. Our brother, Pastor Joel, is here. Let's clap and honor him. Now, our deacon is here with us. Hallelujah. Let's clap and appreciate our deacon also. Amen. It's a blessing to have all these persons and anointings in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Today, we are just going to study the word of God. And like Evan said, we'll delve deep and then do some small research as we try to expound on the topic, being filled with the fruit of righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to see, let me see your notebook. If you came with a notebook and you are trusting that God will speak something to you in your, and then you write it down. Amen. Let me see. Some people's notebook is on their phone. It's fine. You are high-tech. Amen. Okay, let me see your Bible too. Bible. Uh, it's on the phone. It's fine. Amen. Pray that they don't steal your phone so that you can read the word. Hallelujah. I'm talking from experience. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's turn our Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. From verse 9 to 11. Verse 9, it says, And this I pray, hallelujah, and this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. And in all judgment, verse 10, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense, Till the day of Christ. Hallelujah. He says, so, verse 10, that you may approve things that are excellent. So you are starting from now till Jesus will come. Hallelujah. Amen. You are not stopping on the way. You know, when I was preparing the slides, a question just popped up in my head. That being filled with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. What is righteousness? What is righteousness? What is righteousness? Let me ask. I've seen Jones and some people and Caleb and things. Amen. God will speak to us. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. Your word says, the entrance of your word giveth light. Lord, speak to us. Speak to us. Open up your word to us. Speak to us, praise Lord. May we never live the same. Lord, may we catch 
a word that will urge us onto Christian maturity. Help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, right after the, the sermon, we'll have a handing over ceremony. Hallelujah. Oh, you are not excited. Hallelujah. So, by the grace of God, we have Michael Franz and his team who have served the fellowship for the past two years. And they are coming to their end of their tenure. A new person is taking over the baton to continue the work of God. Amen. Hallelujah. But what is righteousness? What comes to mind when they talk about righteousness? Asantua, you, you want to attempt. Say something. Let's clap for her. Let's clap for Asantua. Righteousness. You say what you know. Hallelujah. <laughs> righteousness is the nature of God. Who God is. Charlie Squad deal. Let's clap for her. Michael Franz, what is righteousness? Say something. Before I go, I know Jones, he will quote scripture and do something. So let him be the last person. Hallelujah. If it's the same thing, say the same thing. So righteousness is the nature of God. Amen. Let's clap, yeah. let's clap for Michael Franz. He says righteousness is the nature of God. Uh, let's go to Bishop Jones. Bishop. Okay, so if we are talking about righteousness, then... <laughs> oh my God. Then we are looking at the position where you are in rightful standing with God. Okay, as in a position to sin. So, oh, allow me here. Oh. So, um, so, someone who is not in quote sinful is a righteous person. So, that's basically righteousness. Standing in right standing with God. Give me one scripture. I say you did. Or... Second Corinthians 5. Oh. Okay, so um, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's clap, let's clap. So he is the incoming Bible study. So we are in safe hands, hallelujah. Let's clap for him once again. Hallelujah. I see my friend, Mr. QQ. Quincy. All right, so introduces Apostle Paul and his prayer for the churches. If you study the way Paul writes, and the way he goes about his things. It's like, what is really disturbing the church, or what is really wrong with the church, he turns in the form of prayer and prays for the church. Hallelujah. So, Ejewa is going on a path, and I'm the bishop of the church, and I want to tell her something. I'll turn it and pray the prayer, that Ejewa, when you get to this junction, I pray that you turn right and you proceed and you do. That, that, is how, that is his strategy. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this man, Paul, called by God, started the church in Philippi. Hallelujah. The church is the church of Philippi. And those who are there are Philippians. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, amen. Now, the man had to go through a lot of pain even before the church started. The reason why I asked that we brought our Bibles is I want us to read, take our time and read Acts chapter 16. Anytime you hear Philippians or the church of Philippi, it's Acts chapter 16. And you know, you see how God, through his divine way, starts churches. Hallelujah. And you see the message that Paul had for that church. Hallelujah. So, Apostle Paul and his prayer for the churches. In fact, 
This is not the only prayer he has prayed for a church. There are other churches there. Last year, this church, we studied the book of Ephesians, right? He prayed a prayer for the Ephesian church. And there was one man of God who is, who is late, called Kenneth Hagin. He took upon himself to study the prayer to the Ephesian church. And he prayed the prayer, fasted and prayed the prayer till he saw the signs manifest in his life. Hallelujah. We we'll look at the prayer. And that was a prayer for the Philippian. So if Paul is praying for the Philippian church, and by the grace of God, our senior pastor has instructed us to study the book of Philippians, then we should be interested and coin out the lessons from the prayer and then juxtapose it to our lives and live that Christian life. Hallelujah. He says, notes. I, I was asking, what is the intention and the message behind the strategy prayers to the churches? Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to 23, if somebody can get a microphone and help me, then we'll see the prayer that he prayed for the Ephesian church. You know, the pastor that I was, Pastor Timothy. Amen. Shadrach, you do Pastor Timothy. Let's, let's read it briefly. If someone can get the microphone. Patience, help me. Let's look into our Bible, sir. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 downwards. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Hallelujah. Wait, please hold on. So he realized that the Ephesian church, they lack wisdom and revelation to know God better. Hallelujah. Instead of saying that you, Ephesian church, you lack wisdom, you lack revelation, you don't know God. Come on, put yourself together. He's, he's praying. He has turned into prayer. He says, I pray for you that you get wisdom and knowledge about the one we serve. Amen. Amen. Go on. So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So this is a prayer Kenneth Hagen was praying. And in one of his books, he said he dedicated the whole month of March in his church. He is the pastor. And every day he fasts and he prays this prayer. Lord, let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. That I may know the hope. He, he prayed the prayer. The efficient church prayer. He prayed it severally. It looked like there was no result. It looks like he's talking to air. He looks like he's, he's just following a rhythm. He looks like he, he's just following a, a normal cycle. And then a man changed. Hallelujah. Amen. Please go ahead. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable great power for us who believe, that that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Amen. Amen. Please, let's go back to the slide and read the prayer for the Colossian church. Colossians is 1, verse 9 and 11. Colossians 1, 9 to 11. For this reason... 
For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Hallelujah. Oh, go back. It says we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Amen. That church didn't know the will of God for their lives. Hallelujah. And instead of going to say, you people, you live your lives anyhow, you don't even know the will of God, you are just living there in Colossae and you are doing whatever, he has turned it into prayer. Hallelujah. And he says, we continually ask God. It's not one day. So he's not seeing the change, but he continues. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Go on. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Please, I hope you get the import of what I'm trying to say. Amen. Amen. All right, this slide, let's go on. All right, so this is the prayer for the Colossians. In, in Philemon, you know, they, they, were, they were doing the church in Philemon's house. It was a small church. And then he also sent a prayer to them. Hallelujah. Please, let's go to the next slide. Now, I ask myself, what, what is the relevance? What is the relevance of the message? Philippians chapter 1, 9 to 11. That you should abound in love, approve, exercise right judgment, and then be filled with the fruit of righteousness. I want you to know that is, you have to get it right. And you have to get this. Because whether you like it or not, Calvary Baptist Church is studying the book of Philippians. And this is what you'll be studying. Amen. So for a few seconds, think about it. What is the relevance of the message? What is Paul trying to tell the Philippian church? How important is it? Hallelujah. We are saying, we, we in Calvary, we are saying that this church, this church, and the church is me, you, Fiona, Gloria, we exist. Hallelujah. And one of the missions is that to grow our members towards what? Christian maturity. Hallelujah. Exalt God in worship, something, something, something. Grow towards Christian maturity. Hallelujah. Now, one of the missions is that you grow, we grow our members towards Christian maturity. Pious. Christian maturity. What is Christian maturity? How do you measure it? Every day I, when I preach, I ask the question, when did you accept Christ? And how have you, how can you measure your Christian maturity? Eh? I won't go to Jones. I will go to Quincy. I will ask him. How do you measure Christian maturity? Because the prayer that Paul prayed for the Philippian church was about Christian maturity. You want to attempt? I should go there. Okay. So I should go here. Georgina is there. How, how do you measure Christian maturity? I see my colleague, Felix Mensah. Let me go to the back. I'll come to you. Okay. But think about it. How do you measure Christian maturity? Is it that we are there now then? We are maturing in Christ. Or is it possible that you can accept Christ at age 20 and you never mature till you are 40? Eh? You will say something. Oh, Zoe. 
I'm coming to you. <laughs> Tell me something. <laughs> okay, so um, just as uh, when you are born, you you need you need food, you need water, you need nourishment to grow and mature. In the same way, when you accept Christ, you need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit in order to gain maturity. All right, let's laugh for him. He has said something. My fine sisters here, one of you must say something. The way you have J.O.I. for me. You don't want to mind me. Are you appointed here? Oh, let's clap for her. Let's clap. She's come to say something. Or oh, I should go. All right, so how, how, do we, how do we measure Christian maturity? Pastor Joel, I'm coming to you. That as a youth chapel or as a church, how can we measure our Christian maturity? We've been coming for Sunday service in and out. Rooted in Christ. This year, we are manifesting Christ. How, how would you, and by the end of the year, when we have 31st, how would you know that, ah, now I used to be like this, now I'm, I'm like this. You say something. Um, so, as, as you are saying, we um, just oppose our life to the word of God. So, as we study it more, I think there's a verse in verse 9 says that I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and no judgment. Actually, the word there is understanding, the judgment. So it's as we grow in knowledge and understanding of who God is through his word, we grow in our uh, maturity. Yeah. So that's what. But I want to know how we measure. How we, uh, sometimes I want to, yes. Now you see that the ideas are coming. Before I come to pastor, how do we measure it? Christian maturity, how do you measure? Is it like there's some scale? The one you start on 1.5. Then when I stand 2.0, then I'm, I'm, my maturity is more than yours. How do you measure it? I believe how much we've grown in the fruits of the Spirit. Like how much joy, how much love do you show to others? How much peace do you have in the midst of circumstances? I mean, these things... When you see them at work, you know how much you are maturing. Because maybe at first, um, circumstances used to throw you off. But as you are fellowshipping with others, as you are fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit and the Word, you realize that you are getting more grounded. So you, things don't get to you so you easily. So you realize that, oh, my peace is really, I mean, I'm really seeing that my, I'm at peace now or I'm joyful now. Yes, I believe that the fruit of the Spirit is one way to measure your maturity. All right, let's clap for him. Let's clap for him. Pastor Joe, you want to say I should come back again? You want to say you ought to be free? I'll come back. <laughs> okay, I'll be back. So she said that the fruit of the Spirit is a sign when you are growing in them. And the first thing Paul said was that, that your love will abound more and more. And investors still the day of Christ. So if you show love, and the love he's talking about is divine love, agape love. You understand? When I was preparing the slides, you know, there's a gentleman who lives in my area. I've shown him love. But in turn, he has paid me back with evil. Hallelujah. And I'm very hurt. No, but when I was preparing the slides, then the Holy Spirit whispered to me that, oh, if 
He comes again and says he needs one, two, three. Will I give you? I said, share me. <laughs> I was preparing the slides, so this slides, so I said, share me. And I realized that no, I'm not even abounding in love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul is urging us to abound and abound until Jesus appears. Hallelujah. And I realized that mm, my love level, the meter, it left small. Amen. Because some of us, we only show human love. If Jones is very nice to me, and Jones gets money and he sorts me out, or when I need help, I call him. Definitely when he needs help, I'll... But if Caleb doesn't mind me, and then he spends all his money, and then you know the way all the time people are sucking January. January should pass. January should pass. Then 27 January, Jones, uh, Caleb reaches out to me that Charlie, money we are going to take good jobs if I don't get. He left three days, January going, if they pay salary, I go, I'll say, ah, there ain't no day that level. So, so you see, human life is speaking. There ain't no day that level. Why will you come to me? It's a practical example. Hallelujah. So you check. I don't know why Paul mentioned love first. Because it's one of the difficult things. We are, I'm taking a course with Pastor Jewel about pastoral counseling. It's a diploma course. And the man said, people come to him. He's a pastor. People come to him and then come and take a loan to do this. See, when they take the loan, they don't come to the church again. He will use his own personal money and balance their accounts and then he will swallow it inside. Then the following year, the same person will come again and say, oh, you know, Christ died for us, Charlie, it's difficult, I need rent. Then he says, because the love of God is compelling him, he will give again. The guy will not come to the church. Then the following year, he will balance with his own money and he will swallow. He has swallowed. Ah, he's still swallowing. And he told us that since we are all pastors, that, that is what will be happening to us. We will be swallowing things. Then I rose my hand. I, I, read, I said, hey, no, no, this one there. If you analyze that thing, it doesn't make sense. Ah, which kind of church member is this? You come and take money. It's not if you don't pay. You don't come to the, you leave the church. The following year, when you hear that the church has a new team, then you come. <laughs> then you come and take again. And then you go. But he said, he, then he said, so we were arguing. In fact, uh, Reverend Dacker, Dick Hoover and the others were in the same class. Uh, Dick in Davis. It was a really, it was a turning point for all of us. We gave excuses in the practical. Then he said, okay, in all these scenarios, imagine Jesus is the pastor. Everybody kept quiet. Imagine it was Jesus who was the pastor. And we were, what have we done to Jesus than rent and things? You see, so to grow towards Christian maturity, you know, He's saying, now let your love abound. It's like you're a fool. Let the love abound. Abound. Like God is not seeing the thing. Let it abound until the day he will appear. That is the church. The man who is in chains and about to die. Write a nice message to the church to press on to victory. This is the message he has for them. I, like, I want you to think about the relevance. And think through your life. Who has caused you so much pain? God says, let your love abound. And abound, and abound, and abound. Uh, Pastor Sister says that when ladies get broken heart, they lock the people in their chest with padlock. <laughs> Amen. Oh, if you've watched Sinbad, 
Simbad, that Arabian, eh, the witch can chant, can charm Simbad into some small, and he will put him in a bottle that he has locked Simbad. <laughs> he will never let you go out. But he says, let your love abound. It's a very difficult one. Let it abound more and more and more and more. Because as long as we relate with each other, there will be something. Things will happen. You don't know, you don't, you don't know you've not met this guy before, but you have seen him in church. Oh, he's be okay. Uh, he has less on prayers possible. Now, when you get closer to you and you take his number and you start relating to him, then he says, ah, the guy is mafia me. Or then he, then he will say something against you. No, no, you don't do this this way. Then you feel hurt. If you day back, he's a cool person. But when I got closer, I, I don't go near him again. Let your love abound. No, let your love. I, I mean, I'm a very practical person. Let your love abound and abound. Hallelujah. He says, and this I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to read the Acts chapter 16. And then when we read it, we will understand why Paul is saying that prayer for the Philippian church. Hallelujah. Maybe we can do that and then I'll go to the conclusion and we'll close. Amen. Because some people, they don't touch their Bible. I don't lie. They don't see. They don't... Dickin, they don't touch the Bible. So today that you have come to church, you touch, you read one chapter today. You read it. Because the Bible is there, you just dust it. You just dust it. The quiet says, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You don't, you don't read. So today you read it. Amen. Patients will read you fast, fast, and then we'll look inside. But open your Bible. Acts chapter 16. Today we'll understand how the Philippian church came by. And then I'll conclude, then we'll do the handing over. Patience, are you there? Yes. All right, so verse 1. Let's look into our Bibles, please. Paul came to Deb and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they developed the they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him. Hallelujah. Please hold Amen. On. So, so this is how forming the Philippian church started. Hallelujah. He wants to go somewhere, but the Spirit is preventing him not to go. You want to go to Tema? I say, no, no, don't go to Tema. Go to Sunyane. Hallelujah. Amen. Look into your Bible. We'll finish right now. Amen. Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul has seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, including, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Taurus, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, 
And the next day, we went to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony in the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. Hallelujah. Amen. So now, somewhere, somewhere, Paul and the team are in Philippi. Hallelujah. And Philippi is Europe. That, the first church Paul established in Europe is the Philippian church. Hallelujah. So he has entered Europe now. Amen. Let's go on. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening, listening was a woman from the city of Tyra named Lydia. So that's where Dickness Lydia that's where her first her name came into the Bible. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Dickness Lydia. Hallelujah. Amen. Go on. A dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we, met, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Hallelujah. Amen. You see that the, the prayer to the Philippian church, he mentioned that they will be able to judge and approve excellent things. Hallelujah. This spirit was hovering in Philippi. Hallelujah. The spirit to be able to decipher was like a familiar spirit. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Fred explained it very nicely in the second service. Hallelujah. It's like a familiar spirit can say, oh, Redu, I can see you. You are a doctor. Isn't it true? It's true. I see that you are wearing jeans. The jeans is blue. Isn't it true? It's true. I see that you've been, you've been in hope before. Isn't it true? It's true. Now, because the person is saying, Shekom 1, it has passed. Shekom 2, it has passed. Shekom 3, Shekom 4. So, when he says that, I see that the Lord is saying that there is a golden bracelet in your mother's robe. I, bring it. Come and show it a seat to me. Bring it. That one, will you say it's true? Or will you say that, that one is from God? Hallelujah. Number two, Pastor Jewel. I see that you, you live in Accra. It's true. I see that you schooled in Kumar. He's saying all the things. And then finally, he says, I see 50,000 in your account. The Lord says, withdraw or empty your account and bless the church. Paul is saying that because this spirit is hovering there, it's possible that you can be deceived. But I pray for you. Mm. Hallelujah. That you'll be able to approve the excellent things so that nobody will deceive you. Amen. So this spirit was there. Let's go on. We'll finish right now. We were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she, could, she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. Hold on. Who- so, isn't it true? Paul and the people, are they not servants of the Most High God? Okay, go on. Who are telling you the way to be saved? So, the person is in the enemy's camp, in Satan's camp. But he's talking about salvation. Preaching salvation. It's too good to be true. Hallelujah. Go ahead. She kept this up for many days. 
Finally, Paul became so annoying that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, familiar spirits are deceiving Christians and people. Amen. Amen. So, if you are in a sound Bible-believing church, thank God. Hallelujah. Raise your hand and just thank God. Say, Lord, we thank you that we are not being deceived. Hallelujah. Amen. Because some people, when you, when, you, when you go to work and you see some churches that people attend, eh, then you are sad. But then too, they are happy in the church. Oh. <laughs> they, they, like, they have embraced the pillars of their faith. They, they, they rather want to convert you to their church. But they are, they are lost. It's a common sense church. They are lost. Go ahead. Let's finish this. Eh. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs and unlawful, customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them into the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, says, what must I do to be saved? Amen. 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 So it, it goes down, I think, and then that's how the, the church starts. So the jailer and his family were baptized, Lydia and his team, and they started the church of Philippi. Hallelujah. Amen. But Apostle Paul, knowing the spirits hovering in Philippi, sent that prayer. Let's go back to the slides and I'll finish. This next slide. So the relevance of the message. So we've read the history of the Philippian church. The first church in Europe by Paul. The church was birthed out of persecution. Now verse 10 says that you may approve things which are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. Again, Pastor Fred spoke about being sincere as Christians. And he said actually now, Christosuno, sincere, asa. When they say somebody is sincere, it's finished. Hallelujah. It's like, you know, the reason why I ask righteousness is like, people are work say, oh, you dear, you have done yourself fainting, only you. Ask something small so that we share, and you say, only you. If you cry, our righteousness cries like 50 rags before God. And you are there, you are. That's what people say. Uh, you cry, righteousness like 50 rags. Why are you doing? So because you don't live a righteous life. 
there's a chance to take a lot of things. You're not taking because you want to stay righteous. They tell ah, you cry, the, the, all the pious, you're righteous. It's like filthy rack before, so forget about that. So you are not sincere. And you find a group of people, they can point out the one who is a true Christian. Oh, we all, we despise these things for Instagram, but this guy there, he, 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 we all, we do this, we all, we know, say, we go church, we do, but this guy, Abel Kudia, he, he know the inside. May that be said about you in the name of Jesus. Oh, amen. So it says that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of the Lord. You see, the subject of offense, God, I don't want to go there. Because even John the Baptist had offense against Jesus. You can easily take an offense. He said, Reverend Dacca said, the greatest in the kingdom. He said, all the people came, John the Baptist is greater than them. He had, he had an offense, a great offense against Jesus. He says, I'm not ready to lose his son. And then he, he was offended. By the same person that he said, I am preparing the way for him. So, you see, Paul's prayer. When someone is about to die and he's saying something, you have to take it serious. He would have said that I see you have lands in Philippi and expand the church. But he didn't say that. He didn't talk about Paul. He said, that ye may approve things which are excellent. That ye may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. You see, I was going with Nicholas too. One of our friends who lost the mother. And whilst we were going, Nicholas said, ah, why am I quiet in the car? And I said, oh, because we, are, we grew up Teens Chapel, VBS, and now we are in the youth. And we, I, we, I know the guy. Even though the mother has passed, I am glad that the mother nurtured our brother in the Lord. And that the mother will not give the guy anything but the ways of the Lord. You understand? There are people who have houses and cars, but they don't know God. And after a while, all these things are vanity. But if you are taught the ways of the Lord, it's better. When you have an attack, eh? Or they hand over keys into your hands. Eh? They hand over keys into your hands. Hey, take. You are the manager of this business. Charlie, you say you're a Christian. Let it grow. It's not about land and cow. It's about you having depth in God to be able to stand. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Let's finish this. Now, he was saying that I wanted us to compare Philippians to 12 to 13 and then see the last chapter of Philippians. You know, at the end, he's saying that whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever, think about these things, whatsoever things are noble. The man is dying. Whatsoever things are this, think about these things. Therefore, my dear Friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 13. For it is God who works in you. Now the prayer he's praying for them, he's telling them that it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Hallelujah. Let's go to the slide. I'll finish. I'll finish this. All right, next slide. Now, we'll talk about being filled and then we'll talk about the fruit of righteousness. And then we'll I was asking someone that, ah, the fruit of righteousness and the fruit of the Spirit, I did the same. I did the same. I want to, Georgina, you are looking at me like, you want to say something? Ah, okay, you know what to say. I did the same. Please, when, 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 
preachers come and preach and then he asks a question. It's for you to write it down and go and research on your own. It helps you to grow. Last time I was preaching, I asked that, can a, a Christian be demon-possessed? Didn't I ask the question? Nobody has come to me and given me the answer. I'm still here. But you say we are able to measure Christy. Nobody, Christy, you cry for tell me the answer. So I'm asking the question again. Eh? That's the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of righteousness. Are they the same? Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide. All right, so we are closing. How is being filled with the fruit of righteousness applicable to us? PDYC members. How is it applicable to us? Maybe we say, we will pray some five minutes prayer that God should grant us the grace that we will be filled with the fruits of righteousness and then we will close. Hallelujah. But you see, righteousness is imputed. Even though we have to live right, righteousness is imputed on us. I have some scriptures there. I was hoping that Jones would quote one, one of them, but the one he quoted... But still, you do form. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So let's read the two and then we'll do the conclusion and we'll close. First Corinthians 1.30. Romans 3. Okay, 1.30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Let's read the second scripture. What if some, no, Romans 3, what? So this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. So he's trying to say that immediately you accepted Christ. Jesus' righteousness is imputed on you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm ending. Hallelujah. Jesus' righteousness is imputed on you. So, God doesn't see you as you, Amos or Daniel, but he sees Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So, because of the finished work on the cross, Christ's righteousness is imputed on you. It doesn't mean that you have to sit down and be also messing around and then, Pastor Kissy says, shall we continue to sin because grace abounds. Everything grace, grace, grace. I have a director. He doesn't want to hear Grace again. Because Christians have abused it. Have you met your target? Oh, by the grace? Yeah. <laughs> I slap you there. By the grace. Every day, the guy is serving because of grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you done that assignment? Oh, I have not, I've not done it, but by the grace of God. God willing to. So, oh, we are using Christosum. So, sometimes, when they are doing business, they want to act as if they are not Christians. So that people will be straight, straight. Because you are hiding behind grace and you are failing. Amen. Now we conclude. We must measure our spiritual growth. Like the way Paul was admonishing the Philippian church. You just, just not be there and be a Christian and not know where you are getting to. You are supposed to measure your spiritual growth. Last year was rooted in Christ. How have you grown? How rooted are you? Ask yourself. Look, 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 look through last year. You have even forg- forgotten all the sermons that were preached last year. Rooted in Christ Jesus. If I ask someone to mention one title of a sermon, last year, Calvary, we preached. Someone, you see, you have, you have changed your faith. Hallelujah. 
We must measure our spiritual growth. That's the first one. It says we must walk in the consciousness that Christ is our righteousness. Hallelujah. Again, it says being filled is a continuous process. Amen. No, sometimes you can go for camp and then you'll be very audacious. But if you don't take time, three months after camp, the things that you do, you'll be sorry. Bishop Dak said that he's even surprised the things that people do after fasting. <laughs> like you are fasting so that the body can go under. Hallelujah. The spirit will come the body. Then when you give your body chance, three months now, then, like, hey. then if I hadn't fasted, the what? Like, before the fast, I was even a better Christian. Now that I have fasted, cry, and my tongue's level has changed, you know, look at me, me know, <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's a continuous process. Hallelujah. I'm conc- I'll finish right now. It says, we ought to bring God glory and praise by our conduct. Hallelujah. The man is dying, and he's writing these things. And we are concluding by saying that we have to bring God glory and praise by our conduct. In the second service, Pastor Fred mentioned one kind of one surgeon and people said massive things about him massive 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 things and he be his pastor was very very proud he made he made, he acknowledged him in church one, one woman also comes from dodua she comes from dodua she doesn't want to leave the church even dodua she comes to church and she comes early before some people she comes your conduct should bring praise and glory to god hallelujah and then the final, it says we are admonished to abound in love. If Calvary Baptist Church is like the Philippian church, then let us go by the prayer of Paul and abound in love. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Let's close our eyes. Thank you for listening to the PDYC podcast. We trust that this message has brought great transformation your way. Connect with us on our Instagram page that's at pdyc.cbc and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts. At this point, we would want to give you a special opportunity to give your life to Jesus if you do not yet know Jesus Christ practically as your Savior and Lord. Say this heartfelt prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from distraction and from aborting my purpose on earth. Please come into my heart and reign as Lord and Savior from today. Wow, congratulations! If you say this prayer to the Lord from your heart, you are now a child of God and heaven rejoices over you today. You are invited to join us or any Bible-believing church so that you can grow strong in Jesus. For counseling or help, kindly call 0244-997760. PDYC, a shining light to the nations.